Hey everyone, welcome back to the Real Purpose of Life podcast. I am your host, White Hubblethwaite, and man, I'm excited for this one. Dr. Ricky Turner is a pastor up at Oak Ridge in Kansas City, and man, he brings the heat today. Dr. Turner actually was a freshman at OU back in 79, so we were ecstatic for him to get to share with our students um, this semester, and um, we wanted to give what he said to you guys as a part of the podcast in our paradigm series. So I hope you enjoy and we'll try to keep more headed your way. Wow. What a joy and an honor and a privilege it is to be before you this evening. I certainly thank God and count it a privilege uh, to be here tonight. I want to give deference to uh, certainly to Bronson and Shane and to all of the other directors and assistant directors and to each and every one of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ and to um, uh, anyone else that may be here tonight. Uh, man, you all are wonderful. I have been uh, certainly uh, blessed by the music and certainly by the inspiration of each and every one of you. What a joy. Uh, it is to see so many young people who are excited about Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, glory to God. I can't say that that was um, the way it was in 79. Uh, but certainly you are a, a different breed. <laughs> Amen. And uh, I'm grateful to God. Forgive me for my dress attire. I would have tried to dress like you, but I had a, I had a service, a funeral that I was rushing from, uh, and I did not have, ch did not have time to change. Uh, but uh, at any rate, I'm glad to be here. I want to, uh, before I begin, I want to um, just state this: that God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of sound mind. Amen. Amen. And we can do all things through Christ that gives us strength. Yes. Would you just bow with me one more time? I know we've had prayer, but I want to whisper and breathe a word of prayer upon the word of God. God, how we thank you this evening, first and foremost, because of who you are. You're God all by yourself, and you're so amazing and so loving, so kind, and we thank you tonight for the privilege of being able to share your word. Now, Lord, help us tonight to be true to your word. Give us receptive hearts and open ears. Allow your Holy Spirit to breathe upon us. We ask that you would, God, give us interpretation, give us inspiration, but give us application. Let your word become alive in our hearts and in our minds. It's through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray and we thank you. Amen. Thank you so much. My friends, I want to begin by simply telling you a story. 
and I'm kind of uh, used to being behind a podium. I'm a little older than you all are, much older than you all are, and uh, I've had some, some brain injuries, and so I'm kind of tied to manuscript. That wasn't always the case, but as I got older, that has become the case, but I thank God nonetheless. There was a father and a son who were walking along the way, and as they did, the boy, he reached down and he, he grabbed his father's fingers. And as they continued to walk, um, the son fell down. The dad picked him up, and the son said, Dad, why don't you let me grab your fingers even harder? He grabbed his dad's fingers even harder, and as he grabbed his dad's his fingers even harder, they began to walk some more, and as they walked some more, he fell again. And this time he scraped his knee. His dad said to him, son, why don't you let me grab your hand? Why don't you put your hand in my hand and let's walk together? They started walking together. And as they walked together, the son didn't fall anymore. In Jude chapter 24 is where I'd like to take our text tonight from two passage or two verses, if you will, in Jude chapter 24. It simply says this, now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before his presence of his glory with exceeding great joy to the only God our Savior who alone is wise be glory, majesty, dominion, power both now forever. Amen. I simply want to say to you tonight that God is able to keep you. How many of you believe that tonight? That God is able to keep you and can I tell you that his hand is bigger than yours? His fingers are bigger than yours. And he's able to keep you. I say that tonight because we're not able to keep ourselves. I'm not. I'm 58 years old. About to be 59 if the Lord say the same in May. And I've discovered that I can't keep myself. I wasn't able to keep myself in college. I, wasn't able to keep myself after college, and I'm not able to keep myself now. I need somebody who's stronger than I, not with muscle, because it's not with muscle. But the Bible says it's not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God is able to keep you. He's able to keep you. This is the closing doxology, the book of Jude, this is a closing doxology. And the author, my friends, is the brother, the half-brother of Jesus Christ. 
He's also the brother of James. We know James. James is the one who wrote the book of James. James was one of the first martyrs, if you will. But he's James. He's the brother of James. Chapter 3, I mean, verse 3 captures the purpose of this particular letter. It says, Beloved, although I was eager to write to you about the common salvation, I found it necessary to appeal to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to all of the saints. So in a real sense, this letter, my friends, is a call to arms, to stand and to fight for the truth of the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I believe that we're in a fight. We're in a fight today. But then there is the threat in verse 4. For certain people have, it says, have crept in unnoticed, who have long designed for the condemnation, ungodly people who have perverted, if you will, the grace of God into sensuality and deny our master, our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. See, there were, at that time, there were false teachers who were leading people in error. Not only in error, they were leading people in sin. Some professing as believers were even falling away from the faith. It happened then. It's happening now. So Jude issues, he issues a stern warning of divine judgment in verses 5 through 16 relating to their apostasy. Then in verses 17 through 23, he issues a call resorting the saints to persevere in the faith. But note, Specifically in verse number 21, he exhorts believers to keep yourself in the love of God. My friends, true believers, true believers persevere. And when they persevere, my friends, they are connecting to God and God is connecting with them. He does so through prayer and he does so through the word. That's what verse 21 literally says. But my friends, what do you do when you cannot keep yourself? That's a question that I asked myself in 1979. That's why I left the University of Oklahoma because I was here to study, but I was also here to play. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Studying and playing don't quite go hand in hand when you're trying to graduate on time. And so I had to resort to leaving the University of Oklahoma because I didn't have my priorities right. We have to be careful that our priorities are right. And I found out that I couldn't keep myself. It was then that I discovered 
that I needed somebody to help keep me from me. Sometimes we say that other people are the problem. Other people are not always the problem. Sometimes I need to look in the mirror. Sometimes the problem is me. And then it was, it was Ricky. I thought it was somebody else. I thought it was my girlfriend. It wasn't her. It was me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It was me. And so, my brothers and sisters, the, the doxology in verse 24 and 25 answers the question about whether or not and how do I keep myself? We find it in the doxology. For in the New Testament, here is the greatest answer as it relates to keeping ourselves. God is able to keep you. You cannot keep yourself. So here in Jude 24 and 25, it bids us to trust God who is able to keep you and to praise God who is able to keep you. Trust him who's able to keep you and then also praise him who's able to keep you. And the word trust simply means in the Hebrew means to lean on someone else. When I was growing up, we had what we call the wobble people wobbles or wobble people. I don't know if, you, if they still have them today, but that's where this little clown and a magnetic thing at the bottom would bounce one way and bounce another way, but it would never stay down. You can lean against it, it would bounce back up. Can I encourage you to trust God, to put your weight on him? He's able to keep you from falling, particularly when you think you can keep yourself. And it's not college, it's not physics, it's not, it's, 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 it's not any of those things. It's not graduation. Degrees are great. But they can't keep you, particularly in hard times. Degrees help, but they can't keep you. They can't keep you from temptation. They can't keep you from falling. They can't keep you from crying. They can't keep you from making mistakes. But God can if we trust him. So may I submit to you first, we got to trust God who's able to keep you. Jude 24, this, dox, this, this doxology that praise God for being able to keep you. Praise him for being able to keep you. He's able to keep you from stumbling. He's able to keep you from falling. He's able to keep you from making mistakes. Oh, thank God for the Holy Spirit who resides on the inside of us. We're not alone, are we? No, the Bible says that there's nowhere we can flee. Psalms 139, from God's presence. Wherever we are, guess what? God is there. He's in the classroom. He's in the dorm. He's in here. He's in the darkness. He's in the light. He's always with us. That's reassuring, 
isn't it, that God is with us. There is no place I can go where God is not. God is with us. He's with us. I felt him today as I was driving like grandma. I don't know if you all remember driving Miss Daisy. 10-2. I was driving through the snow. 10-2. I was driving, but God was leading. Are y'all with me here? I was driving, but God was leading. And not one time, although I saw people slipping off the road, I saw some accidents, God led me here safe and sound. God is able to keep us from stumbling. God is able to keep us from falling. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly what we might ask or think. God is able. And he's not a God of the past. God is a God of right now. Do I have a witness in here? If I was at the Oak Ridge Church, the Oak Ridge Church talked back to me. And I was like, you all, I wasn't used to talking back to the pastor, uh, the preacher. Amen. I wasn't used to saying all of that. It wasn't until something got a hold of me one day. And that something that got a hold of me, I couldn't explain it. All I know is that something within that holdeth the rain, something within. Yeah. You ought to try it. Something within, he helped you when you've, up been, when you've been up all night studying for a test when you should have been doing it all week long. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know procrastinators. This is a true story, my friends. This happened to me. I had been up all night. I had been working, and I had to come in and study for a 6.45 a.m. test. 6.45 a.m. I worked till 1 o'clock in the morning. And it wasn't anybody's fault but mine. It wasn't God's. It was my fault. I had lally gagged around. Nobody know anything about that. And then all of a sudden I was in the classroom and I, I had studied and I thought I was ready and my mind went blank. And I said, Lord, you've got to help me. I'm stuck like Chuck. I whispered that prayer to God. And this is a true story. My pencil started moving. I wouldn't lie on God. He brought to my remembrance that which I study. Now unto him who's able. I know you're looking at stumbling as a sin, but we can stumble not just with sin. We can stumble losing our way. Anybody ever been lost? Yeah. You know, we got GPSs. I had to use it coming here because this building wasn't here when I was here before. And what a phenomenal building this is. Oh, praise God. What a phenomenal building. 
but I had to use it. But sometimes even Siri, <laughs> even Google don't know right directions, but God does. It took me right when I should have been turning left, and then I ended up here and didn't think I was here. But here I am, now unto him. Who's him? God, who's able to keep you from stumbling. I, I like the word stumbling, but there's another translation that says falling. Keep you from falling. We fall sometimes. Some of you all are too young to remember. I've fallen and I can't get up. Do you remember grandma who fell and she couldn't get up? There are times when we fall and we cannot get up. Are you with me here? Depression, stress take an effect on us and we feel like we can't get up. We fail a test. We disobey our parents. We disobey, we, 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 we let ourselves down. We fall. Sometimes we fall intentional. That's where sin comes into play. You know when we know to do right, but we don't do it. We listen to that other voice. You do know we do have two spirits. The book of Romans, the seventh chapter, said we have the Holy Spirit, and we've got another spirit. Paul said, when I would to do right, evil is always present. Does that ever happen to you on this college campus? Are you ever tempted by others? It happened to me. And I'm sure it happens to you. But what do you do when that does happen? When you fall intentionally? Can I tell you what you do when you fall intentionally? You get up. You shake the dust off. And remember what 1 John 1 and 9 says. That God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And somebody here may say, well, I don't sin. Well, the Bible say we do. Romans chapter 3. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's not just young people. If you look at TV, that happened to a lot of other folk too. <laughs> it does. Satan don't bother no one that he already has. You wonder why you're tempted all the time? I didn't say tested, I said tempted. Satan tempts, God tests. There's a difference. Do I have a witness? Satan tempts to make us fall because he's a liar, he's a deceiver, and the truth is not in him. He wants us on his side. 
So he tempts us. He tempted Jesus in the fourth chapter of the book of Matthew. The Bible says that Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted of Satan. And y'all know he tempted him with things, with position, with power. If you say who you are, jump down. He tempted him because he had been fasting 40 days and 40 nights. And so he tempted him to eat. And, say, and, and Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. Are you with me? He tempted him. But the Bible says that Jesus passed with flying colors. And at the end of the temptation, it says that the angels came and ministered to him. In other words, what Satan took out of him, God replenished and put back in him. He'll do that for you. Anybody know that he will? He'll do it for you. But that's when we intentionally fall. You get up, you shake yourself off, and you keep on moving. God tests. He tests to let us know where we are and how far we still need to go. Anybody in here arrive yet? Not at all. Most of you in here outside of Shane and Shane, you don't mind, do you? Outside of Shane and uh, and Bronx and myself, I'm probably the oldest dirtest, I'm old as dirt in here, probably the oldest one in here. But you all, he tempts all of us. He tests all of us. He tests. And he only tests to stretch our faith. You know what a rubber band does? It has elasticity. It stretches. Anybody know how far they can be stretched? None of us know, do we? But know this. That just like a, a rubber band, you stretch it, and guess what? It comes back. God stretches us, but he brings us back. Are you all with me? He's, he tests our faith. Now under him who's able to keep you from stumbling. He's able to keep you from stumbling, from falling, from making mistakes. He's able to keep you if you want to be kept. Oh, to be kept in Jesus. What a joy it is to be kept by him. He'll keep you. He'll keep you. He's able to keep you from falling, but you have to trust him. You have to believe that he can keep you. You got to know that he will keep you. Now unto him who's able to keep you from Falling. Trust him. But then watch this. He not only can keep you from falling, but guess what he will do? God will present you. Present? Yeah, I like that. He'll present you. A few moments ago, 
Bronson presented me. I was honored and I was privileged. And I thank you for the invite. He presented me. But Bronson cannot present me like God can. He can't because Bronson didn't give birth to me. No offense, Bronson. He can't rightly present me. But the God who created me, ooh-wee, y'all got to forgive me. That's an old expression of mine. But God who created me is able to present me properly because he knew me even before I was born. When I was in my mother's womb, he knew me. He knew what I was going to become. He knew what turns and twists I was going to take in life. He knows me. God knows you. How well does he know you? You shouldn't have asked me that. He knows you so well that he even can count and knows the number of hairs on your head. That sounds like somebody that knows you. Mama don't know you that well. Daddy don't know you that well. But God does. And because he does, he's able to present us. And when he presents us, he's able to present us with with joy. He's able to present us because we belong to him. Did you hear what I just said? We belong to him. Not to Satan, but to him. Not to this world, but to him. Now under him who's able to present you. He's able. I told you Bronson wasn't quite able. But God is able. And he'll present me rightly. Rightly. So much so that he calls me his child. But he didn't erase it after I made a mistake. He still calls me his child when I made a mistake. That's good news. You know, when we made mistakes, our friends distanced themselves. When we made mistakes, parents sometimes distanced themselves. But God will never distance himself from you. And there's nothing you can do, nothing at all that you can do to stop God from loving you. Did you know that? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I'm almost through. God is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless. Ooh-wee. Faultless? 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 That means he's able to wipe the slate clean. How is he able to wipe the slate clean when I've fallen? How is he able to wipe the slate clean when I've fell intentionally? I'll tell you, by the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus' blood covers our sins. I can't do it rightly. Rightly. 
but his blood covers us. And so when God sees us now, the covering of Jesus, he covers. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin. And I just told you that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So he's able to present us faultless, wipe the slate clean, erase it, whatever we've done, because all of us are guilty. We've all made mistakes. But I thank God that he's able to wipe the slate clean and he's able to present us faultless where? In his throne in glory. Where is God? He's in glory. Not everybody gets to go to heaven. Do you remember in the book of Genesis, there was a group of individuals who wanted to build a tower. They called it the Tower of Babel. They wanted to work their way up, build their way up to heaven. But they weren't ready because they weren't holy. They hadn't been changed. They were still sinners. And the Bible says that God confused their minds, blinded them. Actually, that's how, my friends, different languages started around the world. There was one language, but God confused the dialect of people. Because they were trying to earn their way to heaven. You can't earn your way. Jesus says, I am the way. John 14, the truth and the life. And no man comes to the Father but through me. Me is Jesus. He's able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before his throne in glory. And then, my friends, it says this. To the only wise God, our Savior, be dominion, power, glory, majesty, both now and forever. Not only must we trust him, we got to praise him. He's worthy to be praised. Why? Because he's the only God. He's monotheistic. He's not polytheistic. Many, he's mono. There is but one God. He said, I am that I am. The children of Israel called him Yahweh, Lord, which has the connotation as it relates to authority. Anybody know anyone that has more authority than God? Can I give you another word? When Jesus got up in Matthew 28, when he got up from the grave, after pleasing God on the cross and dying for our sins, he got up with all power in his hand. And the word all power in the Greek means exousia. Exousia means huh, not dunamis power, not light power, not electric power. Not black power, white power, not any of that power, but all power. The same power that said, let there be, and there was. The same power that gave sight to the blind, and there was. 
The same power that fed 5,000 with a few fish and a few barley of crackers. That kind of power. The same power that helped me write when I forgot everything. That kind of power. The same power that can keep you from sex. The same power that can keep your ego from becoming like Arnold's. Y'all know Arnold? Arnold had a football head. I love cartoons. I still watch Arnold. It's good for the mind. That kind of power, all power. And we ought to praise him because he's the only wise God. There are a lot of people who think they're wise, but not wiser than God. They're trying to figure things out. God has already worked them out. He's working them out. He'll work them out for you. He will. You just got to trust him and then you got to praise him. When he's done something great in your life, don't be ashamed. Praise him. The Bible says if you're afraid to, sh to own him, he's going to be afraid to own you before his father. There's, no, there's no, nothing wrong with praising him. As young as you are, how many of y'all know how to dance? I won't look. That's all right. How many of you know how to pop your fingers? How many of you listen to something other than gospel music? And it's okay. He's not going to judge you by that. Well, there you, you need to watch some of the stuff you listen to. But I still like R&B and jazz. I love, I, love, I love gospel, but I love that also. I know what to listen to and what not to listen to. But I'm going to praise God. I praised him in the car for letting me get here safe. Because I could still be in Dorothy's land. I could still be in Kansas. It was snowing like cats and dogs. I'm through. You have to get used to my culture. We have three I'm throughs. But I'm through for real because I know you've got to go study. But now unto him who's able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before his throne in glory to the only wise God be glory, dominion, power, both now and forevermore. And then he ends it by saying, amen. What better way to end it? Amen. Thomas A. Dorsey, who in the African-American culture is the father of gospel music. He was a jazz writer. He was in and out of church, but the church wasn't in him. He played often in the church, but he really didn't know Christ. It was only then that while in a National Baptist Convention meeting that Dorsey heard amazing grace and gave his life to Jesus Christ. 
And upon giving his life to Jesus Christ, he joined the church and started playing for the church and writing songs for the church. He became a phenomenal singer, musician. One day while at church in a meeting, a church meeting, a church gathering, he received a note that his wife had died while giving birth to their son. The son lived, the wife died. While on his way, he received another note. And the next note he received was that his son had died. And he went into a depression. He simply said, this is how you repay me. I've given my time, my talent, my service to you, and you repay me this way. He went to a friend's house, and upon being there one night, while still depressed, he went to the, the piano, and he started playing. Without any intention at all, he started playing. Something got a hold of him. He later said, that the Spirit spoke to him, and as he started speaking to him with tears running down his eyes and not able to understand why God did what he did, he wrote, Precious Lord, take my hand. That's a renowned song. My friends, tonight, wherever you are, whatever you're experiencing, Whatever your story is, know this, that God is able to keep you from falling, to present you faultless before his throne in glory. He's able. Trust him. Praise him. He's able. Bow your heads with me. Our Father, we thank you tonight again for your word. We thank you for this beautiful audience, these your people. We thank you, Father, for the unction of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for moving upon us. I pray tonight, if there be one tonight that know you not in the pardon of their sins, that they will trust you, that you're able to keep them and present them faultless before your throne in glory. I pray tonight if someone's struggling with something tonight, that they'll give it to you knowing that you will keep them, protect them, hold them, forgive them, deliver them. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.